Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to follow the link in the description after today's episode for more information about today's article and to claim CME credit. This podcast is brought to you by PrimeMed. Jim is a 64-year-old male coming in for follow-up of his recently discovered elevations in his AST and ALT. He is obese. He takes a statin for ASCVD risk reduction, but denies alcohol use or acetaminophen overuse. He has a history of chronic low back pain and other joint pains for which he intermittently uses low-dose oxycodone. He admits that he's been using CBD drops recently to help control his pain rather than take more of the low-dose oxycodone, and that the CBD has good effect for him. Now he's wondering if the CBD might be causing his issues with his liver. How can we discuss this with Jim, knowing that CBD use has been helpful and has lowered his intermittent opioid use? Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today is Jillian Joseph, physician assistant and instructor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the UMass Chan Medical School, and adjunct faculty in the Department of PA Studies at MCPHS University, both in Worcester, Massachusetts. Jillian is also the course chair for Track 1 of PrimeMed's Primary Care Boot Camp for Nurse Practitioners and Physician Assistants, an on-demand curriculum that helps early career clinicians build confidence, hone skills, and succeed. Jillian, the access and availability of CBD seems to be everywhere. What do we know about its safety? It is everywhere, Frank. And we know, you know, CBD has been around for a few years now and is popping up in all sorts of ways. Topical creams or rubs, tinctures, even in foods or drinks. So usually CBD comes from hemp rather than the marijuana plant because hemp has a much lower THC concentration, which is the psychoactive ingredient. Most CBD-containing products are not FDA-approved, so they might contain more than 0.3% of THC. The only FDA-approved CBD product is Epidiolex, which is used to treat rare, severe forms of seizure disorders. As of 2019, more than half of U.S. adults were familiar with CBD products, and they were available at over 270,000 retailers, with 40% of purchases being from a dispensary. So CBD is out there in a big way in the general population. The products are often labeled as being therapeutic for many health conditions, but usually the claims are not actually proven, and there haven't been good studies to really evaluate these claims. There are some short and long-term effects from CBD. After use, people might feel changes in their mood or level of alertness or even some GI symptoms. With ongoing use, however, there are concerns about liver injury as well as male reproductive toxicity. Huh. What's, it's good to know because we, we think of this as an over-the-counter product that probably has low potential for adverse effects. What do we know about CBD and liver injury? We don't really actually know how CBD affects the liver in terms of the pathophysiology of the injury. During the trials for Epidiolex, the risk of liver injury was identified and was increased in patients who were taking another medication that had impact on the liver. 
A recent systematic review and meta-analysis published in the Journal of Internal Medicine looked at 28 different studies with different populations, pediatric and adult patients with seizure disorders, adults with neurodegenerative disorders, pediatric patients with developmental disorders, adults with inflammatory bowel disease, and several studies with healthy adult participants. In the majority of these studies, the CBD was administered orally. So what they found was that there were significantly higher odds of developing liver enzyme elevation in the CBD group, and the CBD group had higher odds of drug-induced liver injury than the control group. Both the liver enzyme elevations and drug-induced liver injury were found in all populations, including healthy adults. Wow, that's pretty interesting. And, and it's good to know that we've got high-level data on a prescription where, where things are controlled. Um, and we know that what happens in the community isn't. Uh, does the dose of CBD matter? And what else might influence these outcomes? It can be really hard to estimate the dose of CBD. When the products aren't FDA approved, like most other supplements, you can only hope that you're getting what is actually advertised on the labeling. And if you're using a food product, that can be even more difficult to measure. This publication did identify that in about 75% of the patients with liver enzyme elevations, they were taking high, high doses of CBD. So more than 1,000 milligrams per day or more than 20 milligrams per kilo per day. There are some guidelines from different companies making and selling CBD products with dose estimates for different indications and different weights. So for example, a 200 pound patient with moderate pain has a recommendation for a CBD dose of 22 milligrams. Most people would likely use about 100 milligrams per day. And the good news is that no cases of drug-induced liver injury were found in patients with doses under 300 milligrams a day in the publication. Most patients with liver enzyme elevations were also taking other medications that affect the liver. 75% of the patients in the study were taking valproic acid. Oh, that kind of makes sense because they're looking at seizure patients. So Jim is here today. We, we need to give him some advice. Uh, how are we going to advise Jim? Because on one hand, we're happier he's using less oxy, but on the other, we don't want to be causing a chemical hepatitis. Exactly. And that's a little bit of a difficult scale to balance sometimes. So fortunately, most of the cases of liver enzyme elevation in the publication were transient and most resolved after stopping the CBD use. Some even resolved while the patients were still using CBD. So this patient is complex, though. He's also taking a statin. He's obese. So it could be difficult to determine the cause of his liver enzyme elevation. So we want to make sure we're asking him about the dose of his CBD and when he started using it to see if there's a temporal association with when his liver enzymes started to increase. He could certainly decrease or stop the CBD and then recheck liver enzymes, and that's probably the best course of action for now, especially if there's a clear association time-wise with starting the CBD and his labs becoming elevated. We should also consider statin-related elevation in the liver enzymes or even a fatty liver as a cause for his abnormal labs, so it's not exactly black and white here. We also can't forget, as you mentioned, that the drops do seem to be helping him and reducing pain and decreasing opioid use, so we have to weigh the risk and the benefit and use a shared decision-making conversation in this situation. 
I think you're right. I, I, I really do. We, we've got to balance the benefits to the harms. And I think a small investigation of holding the CBD for a little while and retesting makes good sense. Jillian, more information about CBD to come, I'm sure. But this is a great, uh, great look into the, the potential risk of complications from its use. Thank you so much. Thank you. Practice pointer. Screening for and identifying CBD use can uncover a potential cause for asymptomatic elevations in liver enzymes, especially for patients using high doses of CBD. Join us next time when we talk about the relationship of suicidal ideation and its improvement with exercise. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim CME credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, follow the link in the description. To stay up to date on the most recent clinical research and news, please subscribe to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine and be sure to check out primed.com for additional CME content.